Good morning. Thanks for tuning in. This is Pastor Julie Lewis from Asbury United Methodist Church in Smyrna, Delaware, where we share the love of God and the good news of Jesus Christ in all we do. Good morning on this Pentecost Sunday. We are here reading from the book of Romans, chapter 8, 14 through 17. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very Spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if, in fact, we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. <clears throat> the word of God for the people of God. Happy birthday, church. Today is Pentecost. What is Pentecost, you ask? Let's start with the basics. The word Pentecost comes from the word pente, which means 50. It is celebrated on the 50th day after Easter. Even though for Christians, the day of Pentecost we celebrate comes in Acts chapter 2, the earliest mention of Pentecost is actually in Exodus as a festival of the harvest, celebrating the completion of the grain harvest. Later, the festival was renamed Shavuot, or Festival of Weeks. It was celebrated 50 days after Passover. Jesus was crucified and resurrected at Passover, and 40 days after the resurrection, he ascends into heaven, telling his disciples to wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father, saying, This is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And we know from Acts 2 that on that day of Pentecost, when people from all over the known world were in Jerusalem to celebrate this festival, the promise of God was fulfilled and the Holy Spirit came down on them with the sound of a mighty rushing wind and what appeared as tongues of fire descended upon them. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages. Very dramatic. And as it is, as we call Pentecost, the birthday of the church. Because on this day, God gave this power to those disciples. And they became the body of Christ on earth, otherwise known as the church. That is also why we celebrate it with the color red and use flames and fire to represent this day. And it also is the reason our United Methodist Church has a cross and flame for our logo. The flame represents the Holy Spirit at work in our world and in our faith. Pentecost in a nutshell. So traditionally, we read the Acts passage on Pentecost, but not this Sunday. Please take the time to read or reread it. It is full of amazing imagery and power. Today, however, we are looking at Paul's letter to the Romans and looking into this small four-verse four passage. It, too, has a lot of amazing imagery and power, and I think more relatable to us today because I don't know about you, but I feel like we've lost touch with the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. In John 10.10, 10, Jesus tells us, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Over the last two plus years, I felt like the fear and anxiety levels have been rising. People didn't deal well with change before the pandemic, and well, then everything changed all at one time and kept changing on a daily basis every day after that. 
All this change led to fear and anxiety ramping up in the world, which is translated into increased anger and violence, division and intolerance, impatience and frustration, suicides and addictions, which for me is evidence of the thief, the evil one's work in trying to steal our joy, that abundant life full of peace and hope that Christ came to give us. And maybe life is good for you and you're not having those fears and anxieties, and that's great. However, all of us are affected by the rising violence and anxiety we see manifested in the mass shootings, the road rage, the great divide between differing opinions about so-called hot topics and the arguing among our government leaders. Even if we don't personally find ourselves fearful and anxious, the world around us is, and we have to deal with it as we go about our daily lives. So my hope is that this passage will be Paul's reminder of what that Holy Spirit means for us and how to live and how to cope with the fears and anxieties we see and maybe have in this world. My hope is that through that spirit, we will be able to find that peace we are searching for and help the world find it too. So first, let's start by looking exactly who Paul is writing to, the church in Rome. Now these are, by and large, Christians from a Gentile population. They have heard of the Jewish laws, and there is still some controversy among the disciples and other leaders whether or not Gentile converts should now follow Jewish law. And Paul says, no, the law was given to help us recognize and avoid sinful acts. Because sin lives in human beings, there is no way to be free from that sin in our lives. Paul says, I can will what is right, but I cannot do it. Essentially saying that left on our own, we are slaves to sin. It is only through grace we have received through Jesus that we have any hope of being set free from sin. And our freedom comes through the power of the Holy Spirit given to us by Christ. Maybe we can relate to what he's saying if we think about those times that we face some sort of temptation, just like telling a little lie to keep from getting in trouble or hurting someone's feelings, maybe hitting someone in anger, things we know we shouldn't do, but no matter how hard we tried not to, we did it anyway. I think we've all been there at some point. Now, don't say it out loud, but what was it for you? Because we did it anyway, even when we knew it was wrong and we really didn't want to do it, that is the very definition of being a slave to sin. Sin has power over us, the ability to get us to do what we don't want to do, what we know is wrong. Just like the Israelites, now Jews, knew what those laws required, they couldn't keep them by willpower alone either. That's why Jesus came, to free us from the power sin holds over us. His death on the cross broke that power, but more was needed to keep us living in freedom. We needed the Holy Spirit to give us the power to break free and to remind us exactly what happened when Christ died on the cross and rose again. He gave us new life and a new standing. We are no longer slaves to sin. Now we are children of God adopted through the power of the cross and the empty tomb. God claims us as his own. We belong to God, and nothing in this world has power over us any longer. 
Now, Paul goes on to let these Romans know that through this adoption, we are now heirs of the kingdom of God, joint heirs with Christ. And for the Romans, this would hold a powerful image. I mean, we know about adoption today, and I think we understand what happens when we adopt children into our families, but it was a bit different in Roman times. The best example I can think about came from the movie Ben-Hur. Now, if you've seen the movie, you may remember that Judah Ben-Hur, played by Charlton Heston, was a wealthy Jewish merchant who, through a series of unfortunate events, ended up falsely charged and assigned as a slave on a Roman galleon ship. After three years, he saves a Roman consul, Quintus Arius, from dying as their ship was sinking in battle. And this prompts Arius to petition for his pardon and then to adopt him legally as his son. This gives him rights as his sole heir, gives him status in Rome, and many freedoms accorded to that status. He wears a signet ring as the symbol of his adoption as son. Now, we don't adopt adults in our world today, but that was definitely a thing in Rome. So they would have understood the implications when Paul says, we have received a spirit of adoption as heirs, joint heirs with Christ. He is essentially telling them that they are not slaves to anything or anyone but they have inherited the status and power of Jesus Christ. Now think about all that means. If we have the power of Jesus, that means we have inherited the ability to heal the sick, raise the dead, perform miracles. If we have the status of Jesus, then nothing can stand against us because we have the whole of creation standing with us. Now, when I read those words, I get this image of Wonder Woman walking through the battlefield, fending off the bullets and bombs sent her way, and she is just calmly moving forward. Wouldn't we all like to be that confident as we go through life? Not at all concerned about the violence, the wars, the people filled with so much hate and rage, the financial crises and rising inflation, terminal health diagnoses, mass shootings. That is exactly what Paul is telling us we receive when we are adopted through our faith in Christ and we receive the Holy Spirit, the spirit of adoption. That is what our baptism is all about, becoming part of the family of God, the body of Christ, the church. We claim our inheritance as God's children, heirs of the kingdom of God, and we receive power, power over sin, power over fear, power over death. So how does knowing we're an heir to the kingdom of God change things for us? I mean, isn't the world still full of violence and hate? Can't we still get hurt or worse yet killed by one of those crazy people? Won't I still do something I believe is wrong? Will God punish me when that happens by letting something terrible happen to me? These are just some of the questions we have, questions I've heard and even asked myself. Paul says that we can be confident that nothing will ever separate us from the love of God that we have received in Jesus Christ. In other words, once we are God's children, heirs to the kingdom of God, then nothing can take that away from us. That doesn't mean bad things won't happen. It is a broken world after all. But I want to share a story to help us understand how this inheritance thing works in Paul's mind. 
In 2007, it was reported that a wealthy aristocrat in Venezuela had recently died, and his will was a bit of a shocker. Thirteen years before he died at age 42, he had gone to a registry office and before two witnesses chose 70 names at random from a phone book. These 70 people he had never met, and they did not know who he was either. When he died, his lawyers started contacting those 70 random people, telling them about their inheritance. Most thought it was a sad joke, but were happily surprised when they found out it was legitimate. This unexpected inheritance changed everything for them. Now I want you to think about that. How would things change for you if you suddenly found out that you had inherited a large amount of money? See, we worry about inflation mostly because we have a limited amount of funds. Some of us live on a fixed income. Some of us live paycheck to paycheck and are having already to cut back, knowing that if it continues, we have to make more crucial decisions like between food and gas to get to work. It would be such a relief to know that we didn't have to worry about that anymore, that we would have everything we need to survive a recession, any inflation, the loss of a job, or whatever financial blow comes our way. We wouldn't need to be afraid. And that is exactly what Paul is trying to tell the Romans and us about our adoption as children of God. We have inherited the kingdom of God and all the protections that affords us. Sin has no power over us anymore. Through our baptism, we have received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells within us and leads us, guides us into paths of righteousness, helping us overcome temptation. Even if we mess up, we are forgiven, and we can start fresh each new day. Sin no longer has the power to keep us in chains, so we no longer have to be afraid of being condemned for our sin. That is exactly what Holy Communion is for to remind us of the grace we have been given through the cross. We are forgiven and free. We confess our sins because we know we are not perfect in this life. But we can lay down those burdens, repent, and begin again. Paul says we are led by the Spirit as children of God, and this enables us to keep from succumbing to fear in any way, shape, or form. We have the power of God living within us, Nothing can snatch us from God's hand. Nothing going on in the world can threaten our peace because as God's children with the Spirit living in us, we have eternal life. We have power over sin and death. It doesn't mean we won't physically die. It doesn't mean we won't be victims of violence and hate or, and we won't succumb to illness or suffering. People will stand against us, maybe even turn away from us altogether. But with the Spirit living in us, we can be confident because we are never alone. Nothing in this world can stand against us. We have nothing to fear when God is standing with us because we are heirs to the kingdom of God through our faith in Christ. As Paul says in Romans 8.37, we are more than conquerors through him that loves us. So on this day of Pentecost, as we share Holy Communion with each other through the power of the Spirit, let us approach the table without fear. 
We are God's children, and nothing this world has to give us will ever change our identity as heirs to God's kingdom and all the power that we receive as joint heirs with Christ. The Spirit calls us to the table and then beckons us to go out into the world without fear to share the love of God we have in Christ. Listen to the words of institution as we celebrate today, as we hear these words. With your spirit upon him, Jesus turned away the temptations of sin. Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. By the power of the Spirit, suffering will not end, But through the baptism of our suffering, our death, and rising to new life with Christ, we inherit the kingdom. And as children of God, we are called to continue his work in the world. So receive this holy sacrament and be nourished to go out into the world without fear to share the good news, the love of Christ with the world. So the family of God will be bursting at the seams. Let us be led by the Spirit to go into the world and heal the sick, set the captives free, face every day without fear. Don't let the evil one steal our joy. Through the power of the Spirit, let us live that abundant life Christ came to give us that we received at our adoption as children of God. Amen.